Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Erioki. Join me and my friends as we explore the darker side of the Sooner State. Okay, here we go. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Erioki. And I'm here today with Marissa Mohi and my dog, Oscar, who is just coming on in here to help us see what's going on. He knows a lot about ghosts and true crime. So. He does. He does. He spends a lot of time with me. Oh, he's being so sweet. <laughs> You're such a good boy. So, okay. So today, to get us started, we're going to do some... Um, well, first, I should say what we're talking about, which is... <laughs> Pretty Boy Floyd and mm-hmm. the County Line Restaurant, mm-hmm. because these two things kind of intersect in history. So, but to get us started, I wanted to do something um, because it's been on my mind a lot. So, we're going to do Depression Era Gangster Tinder. Mm-hmm. And so, like, Marnie asked me if I wanted to do this, and she had no idea how, like, into this I would be. So, I just want, like, all the <laughs> listeners to understand if I had a time machine, I'm not going to go back in time and stop world wars. Like, I'm going to go back in time and sleep with Depression Era gangsters. And yeah. that sounds terrible, but it is what it is. It is um, you know, it is. Like, it's it's yeah. good to know yourself in that way. Yeah. And I'm I'm not saying I wouldn't. Yeah. So, okay. So, first of all, we're going to look at, like, the granddaddy of the FBI, J. Edgar Hoover. Mm -hmm. So, you see this picture pop up on your Tinder. (laughs) I wonder how they did Tinder back in the 20s. Anyway. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it was easier than dating is today. Probably. (laughs) Okay. So, you see this picture. This young, young man. Mm Mm-hmm. Left or right? Left is no. Man... I would probably go right. Like, that sounds weird, but, like, a young J. Edgar? He, he looks like he's got his life together, right? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He do, I, I would have to agree. I would have to agree. Also, honestly, like, if eventually at some point it, we find out that, like, J. Edgar is just, like, a prosthetic that Leonardo DiCaprio is wearing, like, in Oh, the that would be movie, even better. Like, I made a great choice in dating, right? Exactly. You know? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm totally for that. Okay, so then one of the FBI agents, Melvin Purvis. Which is a gross name. Like it's a very unfortunate name. Apologies to anybody listening to this who's named Melvin. Yeah. Um, so he got he's got a little bit of a I would probably swipe left. Is that no? That's no. Yeah, I would swipe left as well. He looks like the type of guy that would get like really angry when you'd go out with your friends, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He, and he's probably, since he's, like, an FBI agent, he's probably, like, a real stickler for the rules. Oh, and yeah, like, I can't do that. Yeah. Okay, so then we've got Babyface Nelson, who I am saying, let's see, this is not a good, okay, so here's a picture of him. I would swipe right on him. Like... I would too. Um, yeah. I mean, without the hat, for sure. Yeah, I could do without the hat. Yeah. I could definitely do without the hat. 
But yeah, I mean, like he looks in like, yes, it is a mugshot that we're looking at. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, typically speaking, you should not use your mugshot on Tinder. Typically speaking, you shouldn't. Yeah. Um, but if that was the one, you know. I mean, yeah. And I have definitely seen guys use pictures of themselves in jail on Tinder. And Jeez. not not so much on Tinder, but like on OkCupid every once in a mm-hmm. while, you'll see like an I'm in jail photo. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of. You're just like, oh, dear God, what am I doing with my life on here? <laughs> well, like with dating, like, you know that somebody is going to have to think, like, can I bring this person home to my parents? So right. What about, like, a picture in jail makes them think? <laughs> makes you think, like, yeah, that that's going to make a good Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so um, now we have the guy we're talking about, Pretty Boy Floyd. So I'm going to ask Marissa if she really thinks that he's a pretty boy because I think he's a very pretty boy. I do. And honestly, I would swipe right and then probably sleep with him on the first date. So I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to be honest. So yeah. he is he is very pretty. Um, that was so. a good year like or a good time period for haircuts. Like, mm-hmm. I, think I agree right now. I mean, there was kind of a resurgence of haircuts similar to that. But then white supremacists kind of co-opted it. And that's <laughs> kind of what you see with the alt-right. And <laughs> yeah, but I mean, those haircuts are really good. Like, yeah. all these guys have good hair. Like, yeah. Like, it kind of reminds me, my grandpa always had really good hair. Mm-hmm. And he kind of grew up around that same time. Mm-hmm. Like, he was born in, uh, I think he was born in the 30s. Mm-hmm. And he always just had very dapper hair. Yeah. And I'm like, why can't dudes today have the dapper hair? Gentlemen, just a little bit of an undercut and a side part and a nice, you know. It goes like, a long way. Yeah, some pomade. Come on. Yeah. It goes <laughs> a long way. It's awesome. Okay. So, we're talking about Pretty Boy Floyd today. So, let's get started. Um, so, his actual name, what do you think his actual name was? Uh, it probably isn't something cool, and that's why he went by Pretty Boy. It was Charles Arthur Floyd. Okay, that's not too bad, but he doesn't look like a Charles or a Chuck or a Charlie even. No, he doesn't. He definitely looks like he needs a nickname because mm-hmm. he's going to be Robin Banks. But anyway, so he was born... On February 3rd, 1904, so very close to my birthday, which is the 6th. That's exciting. We're both Aquariuses. <laughs> and you were also born in 1904, so. <laughs> yes, I was. Yeah, most people don't know that about me. <laughs> so he was born near Adairsville in Bartow County, Georgia. Um, and this information is all coming from the Oklahoma Historical Society website. He was the second son and fourth of six surviving children of his parents, um, and they were just descendants from Georgia hill farmers. Um, and they ended up fleeing the hills of Georgia in 1911 for better opportunities far west, further west. Um, and they ended up in Sequoia County in eastern Oklahoma near the Arkansas border. Mm-hmm. And he actually grew up in um, around Salisaw, which I did not know. Like, I always knew that... There were several outlaws associated with Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And, like, I know when we went on the ghost tour, we talked about Machine Gun Kelly getting... Did he get arrested um, right down the street? Or yeah. did he commit the crime? He committed the crime, like, in Oklahoma City and then was arrested, I think, in Colorado for the crime he committed because he kidnapped okay. somebody. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, that was... Which, by the way, that was a really cool ghost tour, and I would definitely do it again. It's with uh, Destination Oklahoma, I believe. Yeah. So, in downtown, yeah. um, like, the location is right by the Pink Kitzel Cupcake Place and the train station. The Scissor so, Tail Gift Shop. Yeah. So, just go in there and, I mean, like, you can find it online on Destination oklahoma's website but yeah it was really good uh wear your walking shoes and bring some water for sure and get zoe as your tour guide if you can because she was awesome awesome. 
Yeah. So, um, anyway, um, he was a bright boy. And according to this Oklahoma thing, uh, the Oklahoma history article thing, um, it says that he had mischief on his mind, (laughs) um, which I feel like is like a nice way of saying that he's going to turn into a criminal. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's a, like what your teacher puts on your report card in like kindergarten when she when knows that's like her thought. Yeah, he's gonna end up in jail. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh my god, that's really funny. Um, so he like life was really really hard at that time, and he kind of grew up with like folk heroes like Jesse James, kind mm-hmm. of in the back of his mind, thinking I could have a better life, like all of this could be better, and um, and people kind of looked to these people as like folk heroes is what I'm kind of gathering from the research I did from this because during the time like there was I can't remember if it was him or if it was someone else but um one of these guys was known for and this is not completely factual because nobody's been able to prove it but people would say that they would tear up like loan information at the banks when Mm -hmm. they would rob it so like it would wipe everyone's debt Mm -hmm. and I can totally see at the time like well at any time how that would make you definitely a hero yeah (laughs) so like if you think about it it was kind of like they were the Robin Hood of their time and very much so like depending upon where you went to school not to throw any shade like your Oklahoma history class either taught you how to memorize all 77 counties and the county seats or you got like real history and I was lucky enough to get real history and so what you learn is at that time Oklahoma was actually one of the most socialist states in the U.S. Really? Yeah because people moved here during the land run and then they just had to build something Mm -hmm. you know I mean there were already Native Americans here and then people came for the land run and like they had all this land but you can't you know you can support yourself with a farm but it's like hard land to farm in some places especially the further out west you go Mm -hmm. and so like you know if you could have one farm that was you know growing corn and another farm that had cows and then you could come together and share stuff and so um that was a big reason that socialism was so big here because people realized that they needed to help each other and then also like a lot of no idea yeah it's crazy that's i think that's another like one of our folk heroes in oklahoma woody guthrie like very Mm -hmm. big into like helping each other out and being there for your fellow man so i think that it's just a a sentiment that was kind of what oklahoma was founded on even though it's still a very like wild wild west every man for himself land Mm -hmm. run mentality so it's a super weird place to be but it makes sense that you know somebody that's preventing big name bankers from screwing over farmers would you know be a hero yeah yeah for sure and you mentioned woody guthrie and he actually um immortalized pretty boy floyd in a song i did not know that i didn't know that either and the jode family in john steinbeck's novel the grapes grapes of wrath are um kind of based on pretty boy floyd i did not know that either yeah so that's the little fun bit of trivia for you this is exciting um and he also had a nickname um he had earned the nickname chalk when he was in his teens so that kind of like chuck but not like mm-hmm. chalk likes oh okay so he the reason that he got that was because of his fondness for choctaw beer okay yeah so he got that i guess he drank a lot of it <laughs> to get <laughs> that fair. nickname and i wonder was... if like the because there's a chalk brewery in oklahoma mm-hmm. now i wonder if that comes from that but maybe I... it might that's oh that's interesting um, so by the time he was 16, he had definitely had a few minor scrapes with the law. Um, <laughs> who amongst us has not? <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my gosh. One of the, um, this is kind of a funny story. Um, one of the NAMI presentations that I gave was at a prison and the prison guards were like asking me questions, which if those of you who don't know what that is, NAMI is the national Alliance on mental illness. And I give presentations about my recovery from mental illness. Mm -hmm. And we were giving a presentation to these prison guards. And one of them straight up asked me if, um, it was just an across the board thing for mentally ill people to commit crimes. And I was like, <laughs> and I was just kind of like, um, no, no. <laughs> and, and I said, but I, but I did elaborate and say like in a manic state, I could totally see myself like doing things that are risky and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, and he was like, he, I can't remember what he asked me, but it, basically he was like, so did you do anything criminal? And I'm like, not to the best of my recollection. <laughs> yeah. But also like, one, are you going to like cop to that? And two, like who doesn't break the law on a daily basis? Like, oh yeah. How many stop signs or red lights have you run? How often do you exceed exactly. the speed limit? Like, yeah. So criminal activity is like a broad, a broad term. Right. Yeah. But I, I just thought that was really funny because they all laughed whenever I was like, not to the best of my recollection. <laughs> What but, the hell did he think you were going to answer? I know. Yeah. Like, yes, I have definitely like big time crimes. <laughs> yeah. There was the bank I robbed. And <laughs> yeah. The series of murders. But. Exactly. Um, so after these few scrapes with the law, he took to the road as a hired hand on the wheat harvest circuit throughout Oklahoma and Kansas. And he got tired of that because it was really hard work and not a lot of money. And there was something going on in the country at the time, which was a little bit easier. That was a lot of money. Can you guess what that would have been? Was it uh bootlegging? And- yes. Yes. He got involved in that. Um, and among other illegal activities. Yes. <laughs> so, um, and he found a kind of a criminal mentor in John Callahan, who was like this shady guy who, um, operated a fencing operation in the Midwest, which when I first read about that, I was like, I immediately thought fencing like with a sword oh yeah, or a foil. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, no, Marnie, that's not what that means. <laughs> so I'm like, these people are fencing farms and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, so, which I'm guessing was kind of a cover for probably something else. Right. Like you have to have the legit company. Yeah. Got to launder that money. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he returned to his family and friends in Oklahoma, and in 1924, he married a woman named Ruby Hardgraves. Um, she was a daughter of one of these tenant farmers that was kind of friends with his family and all of that. Um, and within a year, uh, she gave birth to their son, who was named after the world boxing champion, Jack Dempsey Floyd. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of fun. Um and he was, he loved his wife, he loved his child, but he was still very restless with this life that he had as a farmer here in Oklahoma. Um, and so finally, he did what any of us would do. He traded five gallons of corn whiskey for a pearl-handled pistol. I mean, who amongst us has not made that trade? Who, you know? uh, yeah, who amongst us hasn't? I mean, my 20s were a wild time. <laughs> um so then in 1925, which was the year after he got married, this is very, very shortly after his son was born, um, he and a friend jumped a freight train that was going east, and they left Oklahoma behind. And in St. Louis, on September 11th, 1925, um, they did something, that in the article it calls it a payroll robbery, which I'm not exactly sure if that means like a bank robbery, which would make the most sense, but... Um, they netted. I wonder if it's like payroll for the like the a traveling business, like the railroad, maybe or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. So okay. like a bunch of money is going to be in one place. That makes sense, sort of. But I don't know. Yeah, that could be it. 
Um, I'll look that up here in a second. We'll clarify that. But he got a bunch of money in that little robbery. He got $11,929, which I'm going to do a quick, let's see, $11,929. I mean, that's nothing to sneeze at now. Like, yeah. You buy yourself a Kia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm looking it up. Okay, here is the dollar inflation. Wow. So, 11000 even. That's like $150,000. Jeez. Yeah. So, that's like a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he, he did get caught. He got a five-year sentence in the Missouri State Penitentiary in Jefferson City for that. Um, and his wife was kind of like, at this point, she's like, okay, no, mm-hmm. like we're not doing this. And she, <laughs> don't she, blame her. Yeah. She is the one who actually filed for divorce, which is kind of unusual, I would say for the time. Mm-hmm. And that she was like taken seriously by the court and mm-hmm. they were like, okay, yes, you can have this. Yeah. Cause it was um, really hard to get a divorce. Wasn't it? Yeah. I would, I would think so. I mean, I feel like it's, and also, I don't think he, he didn't contest it either. So he kind of knew yeah. that he was like, mm. and she, she charged her husband, her then incarcerated husband, pretty boy Floyd with neglect, mm-hmm. um, which I guess they kind of agreed with. And she took custody of their four-year-old son. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he s- continued to see them though. Um, and he lived with them throughout the years in both Fort Smith, Arkansas and in Tulsa. Um, but following his release from prison in Missouri in 1929, March of that year, um, he went straight to Kansas City, um, w- ready to put to use the education and crime he had received from <laughs> veteran convicts behind bars, <laughs> which is uh, like what you do. Yeah. I mean, you- I mean it's, it's just like a snapshot of what's wrong with our prison system. Like exactly. they're getting, they're becoming radicalized in prison. So <laughs> exactly. we need to do stuff to actually rehabilitate our prisoners. Instead of making them better criminals. <laughs> yeah. It's been a problem for like over a hundred years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So um, he went and he was playing a card game at Mother Ash's boarding house in Kansas City. And he met a woman named Beulah Baird, who gave him the colorful moniker Pretty Boy Floyd. Mm -hmm. And she ended up becoming his girlfriend. With a name like Beulah, why wouldn't you date her? Yeah, I know. (laughs) I'm I'm betting she was pretty herself. We're going to look her up real quick and find out if we would swipe right on Beulah. Mm Mm-hmm. Beulah People had some weird names Baird. back in the day. I mean, they have weird names now, but mm-hmm. like people will put do anything they can to put a Y in their name these days. Right. <laughs> Let's see. Um, images. So I wonder if this if this is her. She was really pretty. Oh yeah, yeah. You guys should look her up. So she was really pretty. She's got that 1920s hairdo. Very much so. Yeah, got the finger waves mm-hmm. going on. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad I didn't live in that time because I don't. That's a lot of work. Have you ever that? tried to do that? No, I did that once for like a party or something like that, and even and, and I have curly hair to begin with, so it kind of was probably more, maybe more or maybe less cooperative than if it had been straight hair. But it's a lot of work because you have to like do each little row and mm-hmm. like oh, it's 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 too much, too much. I got too much going on to do that every day. Yeah, right. Um. So. 
from from the time that he got out of prison and he met Beulah and all this stuff, um, and until his death in 1934, he was usually accompanied by one of his accomplices and carried out a string of more than 30 successful bank robberies across the Midwest, mostly in Oklahoma and Ohio. Um, he was also implicated in some murders Ooh. that were um, resulted from gun battles with law officers or rival criminals. Um, but it later became known that he did not commit many of the crimes attributed to him. Um, he did shoot and kill Irv Kelly, who was an Oklahoma lawman mm-hmm. and a bounty hunter. Um, and that was during an attempt to ambush Floyd near Bixby, Oklahoma. Um, and one of the biggest bank jobs that he did was that year in his hometown when he and George Birdwell robbed the Salisaw State Bank in broad daylight while <laughs> friends and family watched. Wow. Yeah. So this is, I mean, like... They didn't, like, wear bandit masks or anything, did they? Or... I'm doubting it. Like, like... I, I don't know. Like, that's... Uh, wow. So, um... Then, then something happened called the Kansas City Massacre. So from what I gather from my research, basically what was happening is this prisoner friend of Pretty Boy Floyd's was being transported somewhere else. And he and some of his outlaw friends were like, no, we're going to stop this. We're going to spring this guy. Like, mm-hmm. we're going to get him out of this situation. And it turned into, oops, we killed these peace officers and we accidentally killed our friend. Yeah. I so, mean... So it's like didn't quite work out how they how they intended it to. It sounds like um and forgive me if you're a big pretty boy Floyd fan. Like as I said, I would sleep with him on the first date. Um <laughs> it just sounds to me like he wasn't necessarily good at crime. He was just available for the opportunities there and was, you know, trying his hand at it and maybe he, you know, had a certain sense that he could accomplish these things, even though it doesn't sound like he was particularly great at it. So, like, I mean, if you are robbing a bank in broad daylight, then your only option is to go on the run, which, like, at that time you could go on the run. Mm-hmm. Now there's nothing off the grid and you're always no. on camera somewhere and you're being no. tracked. And I wouldn't be surprised if our usage of Facebook has somehow microchipped us all. But Right, um, yeah. But, I, I wouldn't be surprised either. But, like, he just did things. and Maybe he was just a hot-headed guy. I don't know. I guess so. Yeah, it's really weird to think about that, like, in terms of what, like, Bryce and I actually talked about this last week, I believe, like, about how it's so much, like, his his theory was that it's harder to be a serial killer now than ever before because of the information age we live in. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is true. Even though crimes are still committed, it's like crime has changed. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's not so much someone walking into a bank, even though that still does happen. um, You're not going to get the kind of money from that, that you would from like an online crime of some kind of the same nature. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, anymore, you have to know how to like hack into systems and right to like transfer money and like all this stuff or just, um, or the other thing that you can do today is to get on an online dating website and be a Nigerian prince that is like getting money from (laughs) women that you meet in America, which I like, I've always found that I think it's really, um, and you haven't had to do the online dating thing. I did like, it a little, but not a lot. Okay. Like, so basically what will happen is, like, you'll match with someone, and then they'll be talking to you, and it'll seem normal for, like, five minutes. And then they'll say something like, what do you do in your leisure time? <laughs> or they'll use words that are, like, typically used in other English-speaking countries that are not used in mm-hmm. Oklahoma. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, because we would say, what do you do for fun? Or exactly, like yeah. It's like, it, it, like, grammatically it makes sense, but you're like, there's something not quite right about the mm-hmm. sentence, and they'll say something like that, and then they'll be like, and they're always like, hey, let's talk on another app. Like, let's talk on WhatsApp. Yep, and you're like, like nope. <laughs> yeah, you're like, no, okay, no, no. And you, and like a lot of times they will use like deceased soldiers pictures. They do that a lot. Yeah. So there's a lot of Russian bots on Twitter okay. and Instagram that do that too. That's so weird. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. So let me ask you this. On a dating okay. website, what is more suspect? Somebody with like a soldier picture that's obviously using like non-american english or somebody that lists their career as entrepreneur because <laughs> i feel like both are equally sketchy but just in different directions it, it is yeah because like with either one you're <laughs> there's a possibility that you're not getting what you really think you are mm-hmm. um but yeah it, i think that online dating is just hard mm-hmm. in general it's just so hard it is and i mean if you think about it like pretty boy floyd was an entrepreneur like yeah exactly like yeah business. yeah so and we would swipe right on him exactly. so <laughs> he did uh. kind of start his own business <laughs> <But> yeah <laughs> oh my gosh so after this, after the Kansas City massacre, it kind of gave J. Edgar Hoover the ability to further his power within the FBI and further the FBI's power in, like, their quest to get all of these guys arrested. And by this point, he was, like, known as public enemy number one. Um, and anyway, so on October 22nd, 1934, um, local law officers and FBI agents led by Melvin Purvis shot and killed Floyd in a cornfield near East Liverpool, Ohio. I know I'm sad. Like He I died feel like, on my birthday. Really? But, but, you know, like 51 years before I was born. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, not for him, but yeah, it's yeah. cool for you. <laughs> Sorry, pretty boy Floyd. Um I'm kind of sad. I feel attached to him. I feel like we've gone through a lot together at this point. I know. Point. We're already in love with him. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, even though he's mourning. got a wife and kid that he basically abandoned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so his body was returned to the Oklahoma Hills, and he was laid to rest on October 28th, 1934 at Aiken Cemetery. Um, and this is one of my favorite facts about this entire episode. Guess how many people went to his funeral? I'm going to guess it was a lot. 20,000. Wow. Yeah. So that kind of gives you an idea what the opinion was of these guys. Yeah. Like, Like, I mean, that, that's a lot of people to show up at your funeral. And I know that probably part of those people would be like gawkers and just like kind of wanting to see the show or whatever. Mm -hmm. But a lot of those people probably felt like he was a folk hero and like, Hey, Mm -hmm. you should show up at his funeral. Like he was a, a, you know, an entrepreneur. Right? Yeah, he was an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Except for that he, like, I th- I feel like Pretty Boy Floyd, like, if he was trying to be on Tinder or, like, one of the online dating websites, I feel like he would send you money. Yeah. Because he's, like, Robin Hood. So yeah. So it's like, he wouldn't be asking you for money. He would be sending you money. That's, okay, so that reminds me of a meme I saw, and there was a picture, um, and it was just, like, a weird, sketchy-looking apartment and it had just piles of cash, and the caption was like, when you're a Nigerian prince, but nobody will open your emails. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so awesome. So it's kind of like that. Oh my god. It's like that, um, one of my favorite things is that guy who um, actually opens those emails and will respond to them. Yes! He is one of my favorite people ever. <laughs> like that, if you guys have ever, is it, what's it called, his thing, like, 
it's got a name and he's got like social media accounts for it and you can follow it and stuff like that. I can't remember what it's called either. But, and if anybody knows that, send me an email or send me a message on Instagram or something because I would love to look at that again. But he basically like harasses them right back Mm -hmm. and it ends up being hilarious. Like it's so funny. They get so irritated with him. (laughs) And it's like, and his whole thing is like, if they're harassing him, then that's time that they're probably not scamming like older people Mm -hmm. or like people who might be like vulnerable to this sort of behavior online and stuff like that. So I think it's pretty, it's, he's kind of like Robin Hood too. Yeah. Like saving the day. Yeah. By being a jerk to bigger jerks. Exactly. Yeah. So you guys are probably wondering like how this ties into the County Line restaurant. So, apparently, Pretty Boy Floyd liked to hang out there back in the day. Mm-hmm, because it was a speakeasy. It was a speakeasy. And as mentioned, he was super into uh, bootlegging. And- <laughs> yeah, that was definitely his scene. Um, so, it originally opened as the Kentucky Club. Um, the original burning building burned down in 1949 and reopened as the Ramada Club. Um, it's located on Northeast 63rd and Northeast, uh, Northeast 63rd Street, Northeast of downtown Oklahoma City. Um, and then it ultimately became part of a barbecue restaurant chain um, and was known as the County Line. Mm-hmm. So, and your family loved to eat at the County Line. Oh my goodness, we went to the County Line a lot. And so, um, in my family, uh, I wouldn't say that there are a lot of picky eaters. Like, my mom and I will eat anything. Like, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't even necessarily have to taste good. We're yeah. probably going to eat it. Um, but my Same. dad and my brother, yeah, they are picky eaters. And, um, like, with my dad, he only likes pork in certain contexts. So, like, bacon is the only acceptable pig to him. I get um, that. And then... True confession, I don't like bacon. Really? Yeah, I don't... I hate bacon. Oh, my oh. God, I love so much. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so I get being weird about like certain kinds of, mm-hmm. and I'm weird about chicken too. Like mm-hmm. I'm weird about chicken. Chicken has to be cooked exactly right. It has to be the right texture. Like if the chicken is a little not cooked enough, like, and I just mean if the chicken is like juicy, mm-hmm. that freaks me out. Like I'm like, no, I can see that. So here's my thing with chicken. If it's not fried, it doesn't feel worth it to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I do yeah. that batter and all that goodness. Yeah. Also, I'm the type of person that hates Thanksgiving because I'm just irritated that for a holiday we have to eat a freakishly large bird when there's mm-hmm. perfectly good red meat out in the world. Yeah. A, a freakishly large healthy bird. Yeah. Like, yeah. I get that. So like... My family loved County Line, and my family lives in Edmond, um, so if you're familiar with Oklahoma, like, just north of Oklahoma City. But County Line is in northeast Oklahoma City, so base or was, um, so if you get off the Broadway extension on 63rd Street and head east, you'll eventually get there, and it's got, like, this weird little parking lot. You kind of have to go down into it, and it's surrounded by trees. It kind of, it looks like it used to be in the middle of nothing. Mm-hmm. And now it's part of the Adventure District, which is... What, so weird. Yeah, what they call, like, the area around the Tinseltown... Not Tinseltown. Is that Tinseltown? That is up there, yeah. yeah. Tinseltown, mm-hmm. the zoo, and Remington Park, and the Science Museum. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was, like, the only restaurant, sit-down restaurant around there, so it did get a lot of business from that, especially before Remington Park built a bunch of restaurants inside. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, really up to their casino game. Um, But my family would go, and it was, like, the one restaurant we could all agree on. Because my brother really likes baby back pork ribs. My dad and I love beef ribs. So if you've Mm -hmm. never had beef ribs, oh, it's a life-changing experience. And they had this dinner called the Big Daddy Beef Rib Platter. (laughs) And my dad and I would each get one. And so you get, like, three to five beef ribs. I can't remember. Two sides. Are those, like, bigger than, Yeah, they're huge. I mean, it's, like, the side of a cow. Oh, my God. 
Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it was a lot. I mean, it wasn't that big, but it was, it, it kind of reminded me of, you know, like that scene at the, in the Flintstones credits when they put like the brontosaurus ribs on the side of the car at the drive-in mm-hmm. and then he falls down. So, yeah. um, it was really good. My mom would, uh, usually get some sort of smoked sausage sort mm-hmm. of thing, but like we could all eat there. And the cool thing about the restaurant was that, um, you know, like when you go to restaurants now, you can't hear anybody you're talking to and it's super loud yeah. and it drove me crazy, but there, like, it still had that kind of speakeasy environment, so it had, like, the old school carpet in there, but then there were, like, mm-hmm. little rooms behind curtains, and, you know, you could just sit there privately, and you didn't have to reserve one, like, those were just the tables, and... Oh, that's so cool. And they had a bar, um, like, it was just, it was really good, and so they also made their barbecue sauce on site, so, like... Oh, that's always good. When you get fresh barbecue sauce, it usually has a ton of butter in it, so, like, mm. naturally, it was just... Oh. oh, so good. It was so good, and they had bread pudding as dessert. And it was just, oh, I love that place. But then in 2010, they closed. And I did a little bit of researching before we talked about this to kind of figure out why. Because I remember on the news, um, the owner basically said it was because they were afraid of having to pay uh, for health care with Obamacare. Mm-hmm. So they decided to close. And then somebody kind of did some damage control after that because <laughs> it doesn't necessarily make yeah. that much sense. Yeah. Um, for something that did pass and wouldn't pass for like a few more years mm-hmm. uh, and they were basically like look you know we just finished up with the recession um, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of layoffs at Chesapeake because uh, a lot of Chesapeake people would go down there because it's just down the street just down 63rd street a few sense. miles yeah. yeah and so with a lot of layoffs and like kind of the oil and gas bust that was in you know around that mm-hmm. time it just hurt them too much and like companies weren't having their Christmas parties there anymore or using yeah. their catering so yeah. I think that it just got to a point where they couldn't sustain it especially since like meat costs are super high and that was yeah like, primarily what they sold right I could I could see that that makes sense so um some of the things that I I think I went there maybe when I was like little with my grandma maybe once mm-hmm. or twice because I can totally remember the curtained like booth type situation mm-hmm. that was going on I can remember that um so one of the things that it says if you've never been there it had like the classic deco style curved glass bricks curved ceiling and sweeping curved bar um, there were two buildings with room for parties and events. Um, and in the 20s and early 30s, it was a dance hall, speakeasy, gambling establishment, and offered prostitution. Um, and this is where, like, the legend goes that gangster pretty boy Floyd liked to hang out there. Um, and a man who was known as Russell was shot in front of the fireplace for flirting with someone else's woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so anyway, that's, I guess, Russell is the one that is supposed to have haunted the place mm-hmm. there's stories that like bartenders closing the place because i think the fireplace was in the bar area um and you know like closing it down cleaning up and then they just hear a man yelling and there's nobody there oh my god mm-hmm. oh my god so apparently they also like cups will jump off of the drain racks and mm-hmm. fly through the air Ooh. So that would be that would be enough to make me seek employment mm-hmm. elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, and it's it's open me. again is a different thing. It's yes, Gabriella's now. Yeah. So I wonder if still as Gabriella's if they experience anything. I don't know. Interesting. Um. So there's also an unseen presence that shakes the wine glass rack, um, clanging the glasses against each other, kind of the way it would if someone like bumped their hip into it or something like that. Um. And the apparition has been identified as this Russell person um, by people who have seen him, which people that would like saw him right after his death said that that was who it was. Um, And like you said, disembodied voices. 
Um, and there might be, there's some, some people speculate that there are other unknown entities that are hanging around other than Russell, mm-hmm. which makes sense to me. Like, since it was a speakeasy. Yeah. And that's a lot of energy. Like, yeah. Well that, and like, so there was only one reported death, but also like, there's probably a bunch of like bad energy or weird energy mm-hmm. stored there. Just. Oh yeah. By virtue of what it yeah. was. Yeah. Um, so staff on the late shift have heard strange sounds and disembodied voices coming from the attic, the old bordello area. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. That's pretty spooky. Um, so paranormal investigations have been done on the premises and of the restaurant, and they always turn up something with the EVPs, mm-hmm. and they report a sulfurous odor. That's creepy. That's real creepy. Isn't that, like, more demonic than... That's what I'm thinking. Like, that's some, like, hellish energy, yeah. like, some... What if the fires are of hell are, like, what you need for a really good barbecue, though? And that's why the food was so good there. Oh, right? my God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't have any proof, but if you do, can you please leave a comment somewhere and let us know? <laughs> that, that hellfire is how you're supposed to really, right? really smoke that meat. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way to do it. <laughs> I mean, has anybody tried? Let's. Yeah, I mean, like you can't you can't tell us we're wrong. Yeah, I'm not saying you should summon demons and do a barbecue, but yeah. I'm not saying that you shouldn't. Right. So, um, Lindsay Miles of Midnight Paranormal and Ron Cross of PROS Investigations um, did an investigation, and during this investigation, um, when they were asked when asked who was there, the EVP answer was Russell, um, the name of the man shot in front of the bar. Um, the crew also heard labored breathing, a man saying, why am I swaying? And right after that, the word bullets. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Well, it says right after that, quote, bullets. So I'm wondering if that means, like, right after that, they heard the word bullets or they heard, like, zoom, zoom, zoom like, <laughs> right. bullets flying by them or something. Um, so the owner slash chef, Vicky Muss... I think is how you say it, reported that one evening after closing, she and her family were having dinner at one of the tables. She asked her husband to go lock the door after the last customer left. She says, quote, as we sat down to eat, I saw a man in a fedora leaning against the hostess station. I mentioned it to Dwayne and told him I had asked him to lock the door. He said, I did. We both stared toward the front of the front. We both started toward the front to greet the man and let him know that we were closed. As we approached, the man disappeared. He was gone into thin air right in front of us. Mm. She also told about a time when they were remodeling the county, the during the time of the remodel of County Line into Gabriella's. Um, they heard, so I guess it does still have the stuff going on in the Gabriella's mm-hmm. uh, renaming and all that. Um, they hired a contractor to do some work in the basement. He came running upstairs in a panic, leaving his equipment behind. He said he would never not go back down there, and he didn't. Um, he sent people, like a crew, to go get his tools. Mm-hmm. Like, he would not go back down there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, they This this website also says that they report the smell of sulfur, a ghostly orb floating down the hall, and the feel of an icy hand and voices whispering, get out. <gasps> yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I totally, like, I, I want to go there. Like, even though it's Gabriella's now, mm-hmm. I still want to go there. We and, should. Like, we should um, totally do that. I wonder, like, I mean... Part of me hates the idea of driving really far for Italian food. Not that there's anything wrong with Italian food, but if I'm going to get, like, I don't know, eight pounds of meat in one meal, like, I will yeah. drive really far. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Um, we should totally, totally do that. Do a follow-up of this and tell you guys if we experience anything mm-hmm. spooky. Because I think we might. I think we just might. 
But, um, but yeah. So the sources that I used, um, were hauntedhouses.com, um, and then 405 Magazine, which has some really interesting articles in it. Mm -hmm. I love some of the stuff they do. Like, that's actually where the Catherine Cross stuff came from Mm -hmm. that Bryce and I did on the Lawton Wolfman episode. But, yeah. So that, that, that's the county line for you guys. Um, If you've ever been there and you have had an experience of some kind, I would love to hear about it. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely. Or if you, like, know the recipe that they used for, like, any of the food items at County Line. (laughs) (laughs) Then Marissa would love to hear about it. (laughs) She needs to know. (laughs) That's the true ghost story, just the memory of these ribs. So, quick question. County Line, my family went to the haunted house a lot. When we, when I was growing mm-hmm. up, like we would always go there for my grandparents' anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, is that in the same area? I think it is. Okay. Um, but I'm not really sure where the haunted house is. It's kind of like, like it's tucked back in the trees. Like mm-hmm. you go down this spooky road and like, and I know it's closed now and we're going to, we're trying to put together an episode about that place also because there's some stuff there too mm-hmm. um which how could there not be with it being called the haunted house like, yeah and which if you don't know what it was it was a steakhouse um very good food very fancy and very haunted mm-hmm. and they totally played up the haunted yeah aspect yeah like, i mean the restaurant was called the haunted house so. yeah oh yeah they were into it um which i always love it when people are embracing of their haunted history mm-hmm. as opposed to being like no, 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 that is not true. Like, we are not haunted. But I understand it. Like, I understand that there are people who feel differently about about that kind of thing and whatever. But I always like it when people embrace their haunted haunted mm-hmm. stuff. It's pretty fun. It seems like a good way to make money, too. Like, Yeah. Yeah. So, is there anything that you want to plug? Um, yeah. So... Uh, I have a website. It's marissamohi.com, M-A-R-I-S-A-M-O-H-I.com. And then I also have a YouTube channel, which is just youtube.com slash marissamohi. And you can find me on social media pretty much everywhere. I am at the marissamohi because a deactivated porn bot is marissamohi. That makes me really irritated. That is really irritating. (laughs) God. Um, I was also going to say, like, if you guys are into writing or, like, um, like planners or productivity you would love marissa's blog hey thanks because she is she is a writer that's how we met Mm -hmm. and actually after this full disclosure we've talked about all this food um after we leave here we are going to a writing meetup and there's going to be food there and i'm so yeah i'm so oh Oh, wait no wait there's not i thought we were going to the sushi place we're not we're going to the library library. oh man isn't somebody didn't somebody last week say they were going to bring snacks i hope so yeah i hope so they're gonna have to. They're gonna They're have gonna to. Eat the table. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm food. hungry now. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, but you guys should check out Marissa's stuff. Like she's awesome, and I watch a lot of her YouTube stuff. Like I love it. Thank you. Yes, it's good. So I guess the only thing I've got for you guys is follow the Instagram, which has grown a lot this week. Um, it's at Irioki, and um, if you want to send me an email, it's Podcast at gmail.com. And if you want to follow my writing stuff, it's at Irioki Press on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And um, I post some stuff, some of my flash fiction there, um, which there should be a flash fiction going up when this podcast goes up. So I think that's all I've got. Can they buy Irioki shirts yet? Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, you can buy Irioki <laughs> shirts now. Um, there's actually a let me get the link. I think it it's the link is in my bio on the Instagram. Like if you go to that little link tree link, you can find the shop link and you can buy shirts. And I actually have one on tonight. Mm-hmm. Um 
and I got them. They're super high quality. Yeah, no, it looks really good. It's like the tri-blend, like Mm -hmm. super soft, and it's like actually screen printed. Yeah, and it doesn't, okay, so you know like when you buy a t-shirt at an event or something, and it's got like that hard plasticky screen Mm -hmm. print on the front, it is not that vinyl-y No, it's not. It's not. So it's It's like a nice. It's a nice screen print. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really happy with it. So yeah, so that's all I've got for you guys. Um, Keep sending me messages on, on Instagram. I love it. Makes my day. Um, and just stay spooky. <laughs>